And of course, for all my listeners in the Georgia area, you can come out to Booch Fest at the Anchor Bar in Kennesaw, Georgia. Located at 2708 Town Center Drive, Kennesaw, Georgia, 30144. Again, that address is 2708 Town Center Drive, Kennesaw, Georgia, 30144. The next two shows will be Thursday, December 8th, and Thursday, December 22nd. The show will be hosted by me, and it will feature some of the funniest comics the Atlanta comedy scene has to offer. Some have been doing it for years, some who are relatively new, and some who may even be stepping on a comedy stage for the very first time. All comedy acts, no matter how long they've been performing, are welcome to be in this show. So come on down for a great night of comedy as the Booch is taking over Kennesaw. I've tried, 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 and I've tried even more. I've cried, 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 and I can't recall what for. I press, I push, I build, I beg, hope it's some success. The inevitable fact is that it never will impress. I've more fucks to give, my fucks have all run dry. I've tried to go fuck shopping, but there's no fucks left to buy. I've got no fucks to give, the more fucks I've tried to get. I'm over my fuck budget, and I'm now in fucking debt. I've got 
What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on The Boochcast, he is the NXT correspondent. He's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Yep. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Boochcast, the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude, to do this? This is me, the broke soulless ginger, Zach Scott. English speaking, I'm not that broke, Vinny. I am proud to say this. Oh, here we go. Because actually a decent fucking car tonight, despite <laughs> last week. Yes, really? yes. Uh, apparently, uh, NXT finally delivered on a good card. Uh, it's a shame it took, they waited till after the premium live event to do that. I mean, granted, the premium live event was good, too. But we kick off this episode of NXT with a little in-ring segment and the first person walking to the ring is the winner of the Women's Iron Survivor Challenge, Roxanne Perez who thanks the fans for you know, the cheers and the love and the admiration and all that crap. All of a sudden this big yellow Hummer pulls up and the winner of the Men's Iron Survivor Challenge, Grayson Waller arrives in the parking lot. He's going on and on about being the Iron Survivor. He demands a microphone. He walks in through the crowd. Perez tries to get his attention but he keeps talking about how great he is and how he's celebrating and he's hanging out with other reality stars and celebrating. Perez goes ahead and yells for Waller to shut up because he wasn't the only Iron Survivor and she did it before him and did it from the number one spot. Waller then mockingly calls her Booker T's favorite wrestler. She had the match before him because she had to get home to be tucked into bed for the night. Waller says Perez has peaked because she will never beat Mandy Rose. Ron Breaker walks on the stage and calls Perez the Iron Woman of NXT she won after going the full 25 minutes. Waller says none of that matters. He's going to outsmart Breaker and win the NXT Championship at New Year's Evil. Breaker chases Waller into the crowd. Mandy Rose attacks Perez from behind. Rose walks up the ramp. Perez gets to her feet and says she doesn't want to wait till New Year's Evil. She wants her title shot tonight. And Rose says if you want it, you got it, honey. All right. All right. I saw this. Uh, both of the winners came out there. Perez said, thank you so much. I really appreciate the fans. Like a typical babyface does. Waller comes out there beating the dick is Hill is what was talking over Perez and Rez, uh, Perez made a very good point I won from the number one spot you did it at least she has over that but I don't give a shit for her winning because I didn't want to win Any Hartwell should have won but this was typical two, uh, uh, two uh, big winners one's a face one's a hit uh, bitching at each other and everything else Bond Breaker trying to get his hands on Rizzo Walsh for what happened Saturday Manny Rose hit Perez from behind and Perez says screw it let's do this tonight and Rose agrees this was okay it was good for our opening promo, I thought. Okay, okay, okay. It was good. It was good. It was good. I'd rather have Grace listen to Grace Wilder than Perez talk, but that's just me. Vinny, your thoughts? Um, the only thing that made this watchable was Grayson Waller because he is yeah. incredible on the mic. Um, I'm not buying Roxanne Perez. I mean, she tried to throw in some good spots like I did it before you and I did it from the number one spot. The number one spot is something to brag about. Doing it before him is not a brag because, first of all, the reason you did it before him was because your match went on first and the reason your match went on first is because the men's Iron Survivor was had more of an emotional investment from the fans than the women's Iron Survivor because no one really gave a fuck. And when Roxanne won, people gave even less of a fuck. I mean, the, the marks and the crowd enjoyed it, but, you know, anybody that actually gives a shit about wrestling was not entertained by that because we all know who the rightful winners should be, but they want to shove this down our throats. And now she decides she doesn't want to wait till New Year's Evil. She wants to have the title shot. Here's the thing that's bothering me. I don't want to wait till New Year's Evil. Okay, I get that shit. Here's the thing that I want to point out to everyone right here. 
New Year's Evil is on January 10th. That is a Tuesday. That's not a premium live event. A premium live event is something that is on exclusively on Peacock. This is free TV. Vengeance Day in February is a premium live event. So basically, this women's title match that's going to happen later tonight, and we'll get to that later at the end of the show, is going to be on free TV. And the NXT title match in two weeks is going to be on free fucking TV. So... One of two things going to happen. Either we're going to see new champions on both sides, which would be enjoyable, except it's on free TV to the public, which makes no fucking sense. And if that's the case, or let's see what happens. Or let's say the champions retain. Both champions retain. Let's say that happens. What the fuck are you going to do for the premium live event? Who's going to be the next fucking challenger? And will the champions finally drop their titles there and then get called up? Because I'm telling you right now, if Mandy Rose and Braun Breaker drop their titles, it is time to bring them to the main roster. And if you're going to bring them to the main roster, it would make logical sense to call them up at the Rumble. You have the Royal Rumble coming up. Would it not make sense at all? Would it not make sense to have the women who are being, the men and women and women who are being called up go to the Rumble? Have Braun Breaker be one of the surprise entrants in the Royal Rumble match. Also, you call up all of toxic attraction. You got three women in toxic attraction. Right there, that's three women, three spots in the Royal Rumble. Right there. And here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Women's Royal Rumble. You don't need all the bitches you can get, because they have not unified the women's titles yet, for reasons I'm still trying to fucking figure out. So that means there's at least two women, two, that are not gonna be in the Royal Rumble. One is Ronda Rousey, because she's still got the yeah, SmackDown right. title, and the other is gonna be either Bianca Belair, or whoever the fuck is supposed to face her for the women's title and beats her and I think she had a title shot on Monday I'll be honest I don't remember I didn't watch Raw but whoever the Raw women's champion is right now if it's not Bianca Belair those are the two people that will be sitting out the Royal Rumble that's two women gone because the winner of the Royal Rumble gets to choose which one of these bitches she wants to face so you need to fill that Rumble you need 30 women so make it easy on yourself and call up the faction that's done it all and has taken up space and is doing nothing to help the brand because they've done it all call them up Put them on the main roster. Let's get some of these women who are in the back. We're going to talk more about that later. Bring them bitches in and start giving them shots. And Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. I just think this is fucking stupid. You're putting your title matches on free TV. When you have a premium live event that's going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina, the first time in years that NXT has had a premium live event outside of the fucking performance yeah, center. Okay, I get it. I get it. So then it. we cut to the backstage area where Stax attacks Wesley. The two men fight into the arena they finally get into the ring and of course you know Tony D is there screaming and carrying on as we get to our first official match of the evening it's a non-title match Wesley versus Channing Stax Lorenzo with Tony D'Angelo hey John you think this was a match it was definitely a match <laughs> My question is this. Why do bosses like you get somebody else to fight to fight for them? Why can't you get in there? Well, you see, well that's a very good question. I acknowledge that. Now, see, it's such a great question, it actually deserves an answer. See, the secret to being a Don, the secret to being a boss, the secret to being, you know, the man in charge, is you don't want to get your hands dirty. You have someone else do the work for you. That's the true nature of a Don. See, I got a lot of business that I need to do. You know, my hands, my hands are in every cookie jar you could possibly think of. 
I gotta worry about I gotta worry about the shipments. I gotta worry about supplies. I gotta worry about making sure my turf is in order. I gotta make sure, you know, I gotta, you know, I gotta make sure that the guy coming, the guy that's coming to my that came to me on my daughter's wedding asked me for a favor. You know, I gotta make sure that favor's taken care of. I gotta make this guy an offer he can't refuse. There's a lot of shit going on. So sometimes, sometimes, you gotta send somebody out there to take care of the dirty work, take care of the minor stuff that don't require my time. Trust me when I tell oh, you. Oh, hey, oh, by the way, Don, little Timmy, he's sleeping with the fishes. Damn right, he's sleeping with the fishes. Yeah, little Timmy, little two dimes. He tried to, he tried to, he tried to pull a coup. Tried to take after everything I did for him. He had no choice but to sleep with the fishes. And I made sure Stax paid close attention when I threw his jacket in the river. That way he knows he crosses the Don. His fate will be the same. And also, you know it goes far. A blowtorch goes far, there, boss. <laughs> look, uh, this is very true. But let's be, hey, look here, look, see, blowtorch. You know, you save that for the worst, the worst kind of people. That's that's not something you bring out on the day. That stuff that can, you know, things get messy. And th thing, the secret to being a Don is not leaving a mess without having the proper people to clean it. So what happens over here was job was to get Wesley beat up. Unfortunately, he landed some some bullshit soccer kick like the Fruit Loop that he is for the fucking win. But I'll tell you this, but I'll what? tell you this. What? When he finally locks up with me, you're looking at the new NXT North American champion. I will well, not, the Don will have that belt, rest assured. You should, you should. But there's also one problem, boss. You gotta worry about Dijak's. Yeah, absolutely. Because you see, after the match, Dijak walks down to the ring. D'Angelo attacks him from behind, and Dijak just glares at Lee. Well, D otherwise than that, to get back in the match as analyst that I am, it was a pretty good. And actually, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I knew, uh, knew Wesley's was gonna win, but not with a Pele kick. I'll explain who that is here soon. Uh, it was just back and forth. Uh, of course, Wesley the spot monkey bullshit. Stacks did what he was supposed to do, but I all the ball. I enjoyed the living shit out of it. Now, Vinny. You know who Pele is? No. All right. Uh, I know this sport's not popular in America, and you hate it. it he is by far basically the uh, Michael Jordan of uh, soccer. Okay. Uh, he's multiple couple World Cups. He played for Brazil. And even though I don't watch it because I don't, I don't play it for the play. It's like I heard of Pele, of Pele and I did a, a report on him. And I got an A because of it. So yeah, he's just he's the greatest one of the great one of the greatest, probably the greatest soccer player of all time, hands down. The greatest. And mm. Brazil, anybody he go watch throughout people will automatically know him in okay. Europe and Brazil not here maybe here but over there god yeah especially in Brazil oh, okay. just saying that's all I have to say all right, well, first of all it's nice to know that uh, you paid attention in school I like that you know it's nice to see it's nice to see you use the papers for reading and not just rolling if you catch my drift but anyway I had a deal yeah. over here with fucking Dijak cause see what made me upset was he decided to just fucking just stand there glaring like he's like he's trying to like he's trying to do some kind of weird like stare down thing like that's supposed to fucking scare anybody to the point where I had to beat up Wesley see that's why Dijak made me angry see he forced the Don to get his hands dirty cause he fucking lazy so I did what I, the Don did what he had to do to make sure Wesley yeah you got a lucky win congratulations all that matters is his title belongs to me it's rightfully the Don's and the Don will get that title rest assured I can guarantee you that here on a booch gas. So basically, forget about it. <laughs> this match, forget about it. <laughs>
But but don't ever forget who the future NXT North American champion is. Debish? Debish. Good. All right, and on that note, we're going to move on here to the next match of the evening. We got a ta- we got some tag team action. Christ. Toxic Attraction versus Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley. What the fuck? Does this make any sense, man? Whatsoever. I mean, it started off good, and then for some strange ass reason, a face tag team causes the ma- uh, causes the face other tag team in the match to lose the match because of this one case because he had toxic attraction. Anyways, this match was pointless. It was boring, and I didn't like it at all. I was like, okay, just stupid as shit. Because all right, whatever. And uh, Ivy Nile, while you could see her in action, she was a bit of a disappointment because I actually could see her in action for once. And everything else, I thought this sucked. This wasn't interesting at all. I didn't like it from the very beginning because basically this was kind of, they were kind of making this a number one contenders match for the tag team titles. And I'm sick of seeing Toxic Attraction involved in tag team shit. I'm fed up with it. There's nothing positive that is being brought to the table as a result of Toxic Attraction being involved in anything. They're not helping the, the tag division. They're not contributing well. They had their run. They've had more than one run. And it's it's just it's getting to the point where they're holding other people down and it's hurting all the women because the other women aren't getting a, aren't getting a spotlight the other women aren't getting exposure the other women aren't getting a chance to get over it's like they have this obsession with taking one team or one group or one wrestler and just riding them into the fucking ground and just hump them into submission until the wheels fall off and then when the wheels fall off they try to grind it to the finish line it's like, look, you have other people on the roster. Some of them are actually more talented than the people you're promoting. So seriously, get them out of the way. So, yeah, and then, of course, the big brawl breaks out. The ref calls for the bell. The whole damn thing ends in a no contest because Dolan tosses Niall into Chance and Carter, and then they snap and get into a fight. And then it just, and then it, it's just goddamn ridiculous. So, yes, this whole thing was fucking stupid. We cut to the backstage area. Fallon Henley vents to Briggs and Jensen about her her dad's bar causing the family money problems. Briggs tells her they will get through it and 2023 will be their year. Okay, boohoo, wham. Uh, I think you guys need to focus on something else, like actually being a tag team against older one on your ways and everything else. I did not enjoy this whatsoever. Boring. Mm-hmm. Sorry about your dad's bar. Go ahead. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Thank you. This was goddamn ridiculous again. This. Why does anyone give a shit about a bar? No one cares. This. this this is why I hate in wrestling sometimes, especially NXT or even AEW for that matter is, they just pull random stories out of nowhere that nobody can relate to and nobody can help out with. Like, I don't know what the fuck you want us to do with that information. What is this going to lead to? Is this actually going to lead to a story? Is it going to lead to something interesting? Is it going to lead to a team breakup? What the fuck does her dad's bar causing the family money problems got to do with anything going on in NXT? They have done nothing with Fallon Henley to make us get emotionally invested in her, her dad, or the damn bar. All we've seen is occasionally them in the bar fucking partying. And they say nothing of substance during those segments. This is stupid. It, it this is it does nothing to forward these guys or this girl or this story or the company for that matter. So now we're going to cut backstage something that actually does fucking matter. We got Trick Williamson and Carmelo Hayes. There's a photo of him getting posterized by Axiom. Williams shows Hayes the pick. Hayes goes 
goes nuts and promises to delete Axiom. Uh, posterized WhatsApp special. Me. Basically, um, they're talking about how shocked he looked when Axiom did the uh the moon salt. Apparently, it's a uh, print or display photograph image using only a small number of different tones. Um, yeah. Okay. Basically, he's just in an image where he's like, "Oh my god!" Like trying to say, "Oh, I'm impressed by Axiom," and Carmelo's like, "I'm impressed by this fucking loser." <laughs> All right, I saw this right here. It's like, okay, now he explained it. Like, so you're upset over the move that he did. I thought you'd be upset over him hitting you with something. But okay, I once again, this was pointless right here. You're getting pissed off over something that a spot monkey does. So, Vinny, your thoughts? Stupid. Again, waste of fucking time. Does nothing. And Axiom later does an interview, and I'm talking about it because it's not in these notes, where he talks about, you know, look at the smile on my face, look into my eyes, trying to be funny. It's like, you know, we can't see we look like you wear a mask, you stupid fuck. And Mackenzie being the dumb blonde going, I'm trying to look into his eyes. God, you're fucking dumb. And just, it was stupid. And all it tells us is, next week on NXT, Carmelo Hayes is going to face Axiom. Now, granted, I don't give a shit about Axiom, but at least this is something that carries over from Deadline that can be used into a story and start another feud and do something interesting. So, there is that. Because Carmelo is very seldom unentertaining. He is, usually everything he does is fucking great. So, I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen when he faces Axiom, because I do know, as much as I like Carmelo on the mic, he is very much guilty of being a spot monkey, so it's probably gonna be a fucking spot fest. So I may not enjoy the match, but I did enjoy this segment. And on that note, we are gonna move on to the next match of the evening. We've got Odyssey Jones with Iris Anofe and Malik Blade versus Von Wagner. I thought this match was actually pretty fucking good. It was like two big-ass fucking dudes going at it in town. I mean, Jones got moves in. Wagner got moves in. What I like about it, there's any and everybody else probably agree with me, is this. It's Von Wagner actually went against somebody who's his fucking cat size. Oh, yeah. Thank you. This is a hoss fight. This was a hoss fight, but there's one. Cheats against cheats to be a little bit of a problem. And it feels cheats to win the match, right? Yeah. You faces somewhat cheat to win. Or, as a face, the person went clean. Yes. You see where I'm going with this? Yes, but explain it to the listeners. Um... The heel's supposed to, uh, uh, the face is supposed to hit their finisher. One, two, three. Not do a roll up or anything like that. Archie Joe should have hit his finisher on Vog Wagner there, everybody. A one clean. Except for the spot monkey job attending. Dropped kicked, uh, distracted the ref. Drop kicked Vog Wagner. Archie Joe took his advantage. He was selling it and hit his finisher. One, two, three. I did it. I did it. It was a good start, but I did not like the finish. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I will correct you on one thing. A baby face can do a roll up to win. Sometimes. Okay. It's in some cases. Like, the roll-up's not the problem. What a babyface should not do is blatantly cheat. The only time it is okay for a babyface to cheat in a match is if he is in an emotional storyline with a heel and they have, and he's been cheating every step of the way and the babyface is finally getting his revenge. Like, I'll give an example. When Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker were feuding, the last feud they had, where The Undertaker at one point was low-blowing Brock Lesnar a lot. Like, every other match he's hitting a, ble- a blow blow on Lesnar the Undertaker somewhat was somewhat doing cheap shots to win and it looked like Brock was the baby face going into a match with a heel Undertaker and I think it was when they had the Hell in a Cell match 
at Hell in a Cell. At one point, Brock Lesnar hit a low blow on The Undertaker. The reason it was okay for Brock to hit that low blow was because The Undertaker hit so many low blows on Brock in this feud that when he finally responded with one, the crowd exploded because it was like, all right, look, Babyface is supposed to play by the rules, but this guy's cheated to beat you so many times that you could cheat once and it's okay. It's like... It's like it's it's like the difference between arresting and killing. Obviously, if you're a cop, you're supposed to arrest the criminal, not kill them. But if the criminal is taking a gun and firing it at your ass, you can pull out your gun and return fire and you can kill him because he attempt he attempted to take your life, you can now attempt to take his. And in that case, you don't go to jail for murder. So it's kind of like that with baby faces. In this case, Von Wagner and Odyssey, this is the first, this, uh, to my knowledge, this is the first match they've had together. I can't remember another time where they fought. And I don't think so. Von Wagner hasn't, Mr. Stone hasn't really cheated for Von Wagner very much, I don't think. Again, someone can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, He doesn't need to because look at the size of Von Wagner. Yeah, but still. As far as I know, then he know. Yeah, Mr. Stone doesn't really interfere. So the fact that Odyssey Jones had help from his friends to beat Von Wagner made no fucking sense. And it automatically makes Odyssey the heel, even if that's not their intention. That's the thing. The babyface cheating to win should be the last resort when the babyface has been provoked to the point where he has no choice. It's like the guy who doesn't fight until you put him in a situation where he's forced to. Like, I'll use a Karate Kid example. When, uh, you know, Mr. Miyagi used to say, you know, Miyagi hates fighting. Karate is defense only. Takuri-san, do you know best karate defense? Walk away. Close. Best defense is no be there. Yeah. And I have to agree on what that man has to say. I'm like, I'm like I hate fighting. I don't want to fight. I'm not the top of dude to go out and start a fight. I will defend myself and let people know and many know this I'm stronger than I look yeah well that's the thing and if you look at Miyagi you notice in the Karate Kid movies he did fight a few times there were times where he fought there were times where he whooped some ass but it was always when somebody was attacking him or someone he cared about he was always defending himself or someone else it was like in the second Karate Kid when Sato wanted to fight Miyagi Miyagi refused Miyagi said no he wanted to he he wanted to make peace with Sato he wanted to to end whatever feud they had. He was trying to make amends for his behavior, but Sato felt disgraced. And then finally, when Sato basically said, I'm going to tear, I'm going to use my land developing company. And I am going to, I, I now own the village and I'm going to bulldoze every house to the ground. Miyagi finally said, you win. I fight you, but no matter who win, deed, go back to village forever. And then he was like, you ask for too much. And he goes, small price to pay for your honor. Because he hit him with that thing that Sato kept talking about, my honor, my honor. So that's why he agreed to fight Sato. And the reason the fight didn't happen was because of the hurricane and the block of wood fall and the, the beam falling on him and Miyagi saving his life. And that's when Sato finally decided, I'm done. I'm done hating. I'm done fighting. Let's make peace. Forgive me. Now, but anyway, that's the point. So Odyssey fucked up. The whole his his whole credibility is destroyed. They pretty much made Odyssey Jones a heel right here because there was no reason for him to cheat unless he was the heel, which he's not. Von Wagner is clearly the heel. So yeah. All right. <clears throat> and on that note. Okay. <laughs>
We had an interview yeah. earlier in the show with uh, Big Body Javi with Mackenzie Mitchell, who has basically fucking had enough of this guy. And he was talking about, you know, big body believers, big body bulldogs, big body <clears throat> everything. And you can tell from the groaning of Zach, I'm going to let him talk about this because he, ladies and gentlemen, he was not happy with uh, Big Body Javi's uh, choice of words there. So, uh, Zach, floor is yours. First and fucking foremost, Big Body Javi, you just sound like a typical fucking Alabama fan go piss at the fucking vote. You don't fucking dare talk about my fucking Bulldogs. Fuck the Falcons and fuck off every other fucking sports team in the South except for the Braves. Here's the reason why I go for the Bulldogs. One, I'll say this once and I'll say it again. College football spare the pro. Go piss up the rope, Benny. Anyways, this is the reason why. See, what the fuck was this shit right here? They're number one because they're fucking good. And here should is probably good, good. 95% chance they're going to win two national champions in a row. Go fuck yourself. <sighs> Talk about my bulldogs, motherfuckers. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You don't understand. You, as long as we know each other, you still don't fucking get it. No, and I never will. So, anyway, um, on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. If we even want even to call it that. call it that. We got Eichmann Jiro versus Big Body Javi. Okay, I didn't like this right here. It was stupid as shit, but there's one thing that I did enjoy. What's that? Eichmann Jiro beat that piece of shit. That made me happy. Then all of a sudden, Reginald comes in, hits the merry-go-round. Benny, as long as you've been watching professional wrestling, have you ever heard of a, a finisher called the merry-go-round? What's what are we supposed to do? Every time we see it, we get on the fucking carousel and go... Well, it's supposed to be called the... It's actually called the molly-go-round, not merry. No, it says merry. Oh, oops, it says molly-go-round. I don't know why it's called merry. Oops, <laughs> that's my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. God yes, Zach. Alcohol. Yes, Zach. Uh, way to show us how well the Bulldogs read. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Brady's still better than John Elway and Peyton Manning put together. <laughs> Roll Tide. So we got this match right here. We're in the playoffs. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So anyway. Go Red Sox. Okay, we're done with this now. Let's move on to the match. So this match here was a waste of fucking time because I don't know what they're doing with Big Body Javi, but if you're trying to pull a Kurt Hawkins here, it ain't going to work. You can't have this guy running his fucking dick liquor every single week and then going out and getting his ass kicked. This is not how you get somebody over. Also. of all people. Yeah. And why? Why are you even putting him in a match with you? Why does his motherfucker still have a job? Ever since the other half of Jacket Off fucking got let go, this some bitch should have went right with him. Okay, this guy is not interesting. He's boring as shit. He's not entertaining. He do- he he does the whole I'm style strong. Blow me. This is fucking dumb. This whole thing was a waste of time. And then what do you bring out? Scripts. Another guy. No one gives. This is literally a. This is a literally like. How can we put people no one gives a shit about in one match and make the most boring moment of TV. Congratulations, you I succeeded. Like I don't like his outfit. I don't like the way he wrestles. So anyway, yeah. on that note, we move on to something that actually fucking matters. We got the New Day who walked down the ramp and announced themselves as the new NXT Tag Team Champions. Kingston reminds everyone they are Triple Crown Tag Team Champions. What as they Kingston is the first singles and tag team Triple Crown Champion. He also holds a record for tag team title reigns at 15. Booker says he has 16. As special as this moment is for Kingston, he's even more so for Woods. Woods says he was here 10 years ago when NXT first started. He had the very first 
first NXT match, which was hilariously against Big E. Woods never won a title in NXT, but look at him now. Pretty, pretty Deadly interrupts and complain about New Day ruining their Christmas. Prince says they want their rematch. Casey knows that Pretty Deadly are a super talented team, and he can't wait to see what they do in the future. Woods says they just need one thing from Pretty Deadly, for them to recite the Pledge of Allegiance. Briggs doesn't run to the ring with an American flag. If New Day is giving out tag title matches for saying the pledge, sign them up. Briggs and New Day recite the pledge together. Woods and Kingston promise Briggs and Jensen a title shot next week. Alright, I thought this was actually pretty fucking funny. The New Day comes out that, yep, we can make tag team champions. There's SmackDown, there's Raw, another NXT. They're basically dominating the tag team division title. That's what I say. So, yes. but it was actually pretty fucking funny right here. Pretty Deadly came out there and bitched and moaned and whined and cried and like typical girls do because they look like girls and Ben Jensen came out there so he said you want us to please, uh, do the plus allegiance they did the plus allegiance and I also decided as well I love this country this is anybody else even though I don't vote because I think it's a corrupt or uh, a corrupt piece of shit but that's the point this is actually pretty good and hopefully uh, the new day Kofi and Xavier keep the NXT titles on Tuesday nights and don't go to fucking Smackdown or Raw many your thoughts I thought it was pretty good well here's the thing I um, you can take out all that corrupt government stuff, and I'll tell you why. Reciting the Pledge of Allegiance, there is a difference. There is a difference between love of government and love of country. Two completely different people. You can love your country and still not be a fan of the government. Because loving the country is about being proud to be an American. That you're proud that you live in this country. And the fact that no matter how fucked up this country is right now, and it is 50 shades of fucked up, this is still the best country to be in. And some people will look at me and go, how can you say that? And then you're going to throw out all those statistics from that monologue that they did they have from that news media show that everybody loves to do. Well, we're 85th in this, we're 110 in this, and blah, 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 blah. We're only number one in these categories. Here's why I can still say this is the best country out there. It's for one reason. People from other countries still want to come here. That's it. That's as far as that's as far as my answer goes. No, Don't try to decode it. Don't try to look for a deeper answer. There isn't. The fact that everybody still wants to come here makes it the best. Now, if immigrants start to leave here, then we can start being worried about that, okay? But everybody still wants to come here. So if we're so shitty, why does everyone want to come here? Just something to think about. And, you know, I find it interesting that, you know, <laughs> the New Day expected it reciting the Pledge of Allegiance to be a requirement for a tag team title shot. When in reality, there's only one person that I think should be forced to recite the Pledge of Allegiance. And who would that be? Brittany Griner. But we'll talk about her later. Um, but anyway... <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about that at all. Well, not right now. We'll get to her on the variety show, on a future variety show. Uh, but anyway, my point is, I'm going to have a lot to say about that. Uh, but here's the thing. I thought it was funny. I thought it was great. And I love the fact, because when I, when I saw Briggs and Jensen come out, my first thought was, oh, fuck. Are they about to do some triple threat, fatal four-way bullshit? I'm getting sick and tired of them doing that with tag titles. Here's a triple threat match. Here's a fatal four-way. Just because we got to get everybody on the card. Just have a one-on-one -on -one match or a two-on-two -two tag match and just have a feud here, then put them to the side, then bring the next feud in. Does everybody have to be crammed into one match like fucking sardines? I hate it! Now, so thankfully, we got just Briggs
reason Jersey getting a title shot. I have one negative about this segment. Of course you do. It wouldn't be me if I didn't have something. Here it is. I didn't like that Pretty Deadly was smacking the American flag. I, mm. I have a problem with that. Now, I can understand they were swatting the flag, and Briggs and Jensen got in their face and said, don't touch the flag, and that led to a fight or a brawl or a storyline, then okay. But if you're just doing it just to do it, no. You keep your fucking hands off the goddamn flag. We got enough people disrespecting the flag. I don't need to see it on my fucking TV. If I want to see people disrespect the flag on the TV, I go watch the NFL. Well, I don't watch the NFL. All right. That's why college people, that's why college right, people stand up to the right, what? Yeah. Yeah. Or I watch women's soccer. My point is... Get, uh, point is, that's the only thing that bugged me. See, it, w- it wouldn't have bothered me if it led to something. If it led to something that would get me into a storyline that I could be emotionally invested in. But when it's just happening for the hell of it, I have issue. Other than that, this was a fantastic segment. I like that it led to a 2-on-2 match, although I can't help but feeling pretty deadly is going to fuck this up somehow. And this is going to lead to a triple threat. I don't want it to, but I know that's where we're going. I don't want it to happen, but I know that's where we're going. And Most likely, that's exactly what's probably going to happen. Yeah. And here's another thing I want to say is this. If Booker T's not about to feud with the New Day, then can he just shut the fuck up and stop being saltier than mermaid pussy? Because I'm getting fed up. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Saltier yeah. than mermaid pussy. <laughs> okay, just stop. <laughs> That was actually pretty good. He's like, I got six. That was a good two words that you said. A burnt, a burnt barbecue Dorito. Yeah. And a salty, and a salty pussy like a mermaid. Yeah. You got any more tricks up your sleeve? <laughs> By the way, speaking of barbecue Doritos, if you want to know what he's talking about, um, in two weeks, uh, actually, no, no, no. Uh, at the time you're listening to this, next Thursday on Dark Side of the '90s is going to be a TV for teens. I talk a little bit about that on there, so make sure you check that out. It's dropping uh next Thursday on the Boochcast. Actually, at the time that we're recording this, I'm actually uploading it to schedule it for next week. So that's why I'm able to say that. But anyway, um, that's something I didn't like. I mean, unless you're gonna leave, unless you're gonna leave like the New Day versus Harlem Heat, then I'm fine with it. But if not, Booker can just pour himself a nice tall glass and shut the fuck up. So anyway, we're gonna move on now to the next match of the evening, if we even wanna call, it that. call it that. JD McDonough versus Julius Creed with Brutus. Okay, this is what I like to call a filler. Okay, and. Anyways, JD got moves in. Julius Creed got moves in. Julius, uh, JD uh, dropped kicked. Uh, well, Julius is, uh, into the back. He sent him to the, uh, the announce table. Fucked up his arm. More moves in. More moves in. More and shit. Uh, then the um, Carly tw- at Carly 2.0 twins intervened. I don't know why they keep on doing this. And yeah, I didn't enjoy this really well. And JD kind of actually gets a win. Well, basically, this is a way of fucking time. Um, basically, JD McDonough tries to torture Julius, and Indashir tries to save Julius because they said they want they want these guys to be a hundred percent. That's basically what they want. They want these guys to be a hundred percent so they can have the tag team match and you know finally get the respect battle that they want to have. McDonough gets the win, which I guess he needed after not scoring any points in the Iron Survivor Challenge. So I guess that was good for him. <laughs> Of so. all the people, he's supposed to be this badass motherfucker. Everybody got more than one one pinfall, and Saturday night he didn't get. 
Yep. Which means he might, or was I find a fucking hysterical and also find like a like, let the only two Irish guy who did not get a pinfall. Fuck you, motherfucker. Seamus must be pissed. So must, must Bruno. But anyway, go ahead. Bono, Bono. Yeah, so waste of time. So on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. Boy, I'm going to have a lot to say. We have Amari Miller versus the debuting Lyra Valkyra. Okay, uh, since Finley said what he said, I'm going to make this short and sweet. Blah, blah, blah. Boring, boring, boring. Back and forth, back and forth. Spot monkey bullshit. Don't, didn't really care for it because I was watching something else on YouTube. Finley, do you have something to say about this? Yes. Um, First of all, I don't know where you got spot monkey bullshit from this because if there was one match that had my undivided attention, it was this one. And I didn't see a lot of spot monkey bullshit. But here was my biggest complaint with this match. Lyra Valkyra is debuting for the first time in NXT. And you have all these vignettes of her being a badass. Of her being tough. Of her having feathers that represent all of her victims. And she's coming to collect another feather. You're trying to build her up as a badass for your women's division. Because you desperately need it. She gets in the ring with a jobber and has a competitive match. I guess a jobber. So assuming what you're saying is this match went too long. This was not a squash match and it should have been. This went on way too long. Amari Miller had way too much offense. If she's going to have this hard of a time with Amari Miller, I'm supposed to believe she can run through Lash Legend or Nikita Lyons or Zoe Stark, Mandy Rose, the, the actual stars of this division, and yet you can't put away Amari Miller? Amari Miller, again, this is an issue I have. In, I've seen it in WWE. I've seen it in AEW. I've seen it everywhere. If you're going to make a debuting person, if you're going to make a badass, have a long, dragged-out, competitive match in their debut. Why are you putting them in the ring with a jobber? Jobbers are not meant to go long-term. The jobber is there to take all the signature moves that the new person has. They're supposed to take the finisher that person has. And maybe, just maybe, they have a eensy-weensy, teeny-tiny bit of offense. This was a full-blown match, which again weakens your star. Because if you can't put a jobber away in record-breaking time, how am I supposed to take you seriously as a badass? Because why are you elevating your jobber? Amari Miller's not doing anything. She's not going for a women's title anytime soon. She's not even in a high-profile feud anytime soon. She should have been sitting in the back with the rest of the women when they have that segment I'm going to get to in a moment. That was goddamn ridiculous. The only good that came out of this was Lyra got the win. She got the win. She got to show off some skills, but she had trouble putting away a jobber. And that's a thing that people miss about wrestling. And I try to explain this to some people, Desmond, and it goes over their fucking heads because they can't comprehend it. Not every match is supposed to be a competitive match. Not every match is supposed to be a five star classic. Especially TV matches. The TV matches are supposed to lead up to the pay-per-view. The pay-per-views are where you're supposed to have your five 
five star matches. That's where you're supposed to steal the show. That's where you're supposed to have the big classic moments. TV is meant to build you up to the pay-per-view. That's why in TV matches you have no contests or disqualifications or countouts or interference. It's so you can tell the story to build up to the big profile pay-per-view where they finally settle the score. This should not have been a competitive match. This should not have had good back and forth action. It was a great technical match, but it wasn't supposed to be. It's supposed to be Lyra's debut. Lyra's supposed to be the center of attention. She's supposed to have all the spotlight, all the glory, and Amari Miller stays in the shadows where she belongs. Why? Because she's a jobber! Alright. Are you done? Yeah, now that I got that out of my system, I can move on unless you have anything to add. Um, no. Thank you. So we're going to move to the backstage no area. And we see hot for teacher Kiana James. He gives Jensen a shirt for Christmas that fits him. And they're talk- and he talks a little bit about uh, Fallon Henley having bar problems. Then money problems. Then in the background, Carter and Chance get into a brawl with Niall, Paxley, and Toxic Attraction. And then we find out they're going to face each other in a triple threat match for the NXT Women's Tag Team titles next week. I don't know what's wrong with that dude, but some strange-ass reason he can't talk to girls. This was pointless. This was stupid. The only entertaining thing he was was seeing this everybody do that brawl. I didn't enjoy this right here. The matches were somewhat good, but all the promos are pretty much sucked. Yeah, well, here's <laughs> the thing that, I, that I'm noticing here. Jensen starts talking about the bar problems and the money issues, and she's talking to Kiana James, who her gimmick is making money and closing deals. Why do I get the feeling something's going to happen with the bar that might lead to something? Because then her talking about the bar could actually mean something here. Because I think, I think one of two things is going to happen. Either A, Kiana is going to want something from Jensen, and in exchange, she pays off the debt to the bar. Or B, she buys the bar from whoever owns the land, and then there's some type of match where Kiana James faces Fallon Henley, and, you know, if she wins, she gets the bar back. If she loses, she has to work for Kiana James as like a, a bartender or a janitor or some shit. Okay. I can't help but feel that's going to lead to something. And if it does, then maybe this whole bar shit might be worth it. But if it's if it doesn't lead to anything, this is all fucking stupid. But I feel like this is where the story is that could make this interesting. And then, of course, earlier in the night, it wasn't on the list. I'll talk about it now. We see Duke Hudson talking to Gabagulak. Andre Chase wants to know what's going on. And he said, is there a where he might be transferring, like leaving Chase U. And he says, no, I'm, I'm not leaving. We were just having a conversation. And Andre apologized to Duke for mi- misjudging him because he did have the and saying it was wrong of him because he said Thea wasn't ready for that match, but he was stubborn. So they have a little funny moment. And then we move on to this match right here. We have Damon Kemp versus Duke Hudson with Andre Chase and Thea Hale. I thought this match was actually really, really, actually really good. David Kemp got moves in. Duke Hudson got moves in. He did a U thing. There was a, it wasn't no, that spot monkey bullshit. These were two rough and tumble guys. I first of all thought that David Kent was going to win, but then all the whole Duke Hudson pulls something off. One, two, three, Duke Hudson win. Chase you. And stubbornness, I don't know what anybody's talking about. I'm not that stubborn. Okay. Don't know where that came from, but all right. Um, Sell it. I don't know what you're talking about. But anyway, um, Kemp. I'm but, trying uh, to say I'm not that stubborn. 
<laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, I needed a good laugh. So obviously, you know, Chase tells Gulag Hudson has chased you and he needs to leave. Although there's a chance Gulag might be scouting Damon, Damon Kemp instead because he did say he was going to watch the match at deadline, which again was one of those things where it's like, this is making no fucking sense. So we're going to see where this goes from here. Um, obviously, Duke Hudson, this was a great match because both these guys are great in-ring competitors. And even though Duke Hudson is having a bit of a goofy gimmick, he's still allowing himself to be a great worker, which I think is fantastic. And I thought this was a very well-done match. It was a very well-done match. It was, actually. It was very, very enjoyable. It was believable. And uh, everything else is two big-ass dudes. But I'm calling right now. Give it a couple weeks or months. I think Duke Hudson might turn them uh, poor Andre Chase. Yeah. Go ahead, man. And then, of course, we see um, a bunch of the women backstage that I was talking about earlier. Uh, Lash Legend, some random chick, and uh, Electra Lopez were, you know, basically talking and bragging and Electra was talking about making fun of Indy Hartwell and saying she would have won the whole thing and blah, blah, blah. Then Indy Hartwell knocks her out of the chair and they get into a brawl and the women try to separate them. Okay, I don't understand why this happened right here, but okay, maybe I do. Uh, uh, Lopez was talking shit about Indy Hartwell. Indy Hartwell probably overheard it. She comes up and attacks and it, uh, they had that little uh, little, uh, little rough scuffle. They got separated. So next week, they don't do this to idiots. It's probably going to be Electra Lopez and Indy Hartwell and it's probably going to be Lopez winning as uh, apparently AW, I mean, oops, NXT, I mean, slash AW sometimes on the drinking, uh, is probably going to let Lopez win. So don't, NXT, do not do AW's approach with this. Treat her right. And do the Don Fox and Kenny Beta. Go fuck yourselves. All right. Here's what I want to say about this. I think it's time for Indy to get called up. I do. I think she needs to leave NXT. They're never going to put the belt on her. You might as well call her up, put her with Dexter Loomis, and do something special there. Because technically they've got a married storyline going on, and I think it's time to reunite the co- to reunite Index and put an end to this because it's a waste of fucking time if Indy's not the champion. Very also, true, sir. Also, speaking of the women, um, we got an awkward segment with Wendy Chu where she talked about oh, someone throwing a drink in her face and her being a bully yeah. and her getting pissed off and... That makes sense to anybody? No. Like, what was the point of that story? No. I don't know. I don't I don't know. No. Okay, we, uh, I didn't like this segment at, at all. I just don't want to do it right now. Please, for God's sake, he's locked in the fucking basket. Anyways, Vinny, your thoughts. Go ahead. Get us done with I don't want to talk about this. I thought the stupid dumb point. Nope, 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 nope. nope. Don't do it. I just don't, <laughs> I just don't understand what the hell the point of the segment was. I don't know what this is leading to. I don't know what dark place. I was expecting more of a deeper thing. And I don't understand. Just don't figure this out. Like, what is going on? You know? I can't figure out why Zach is laughing, but his laugh is making me laugh. Because we're just trying to understand Wendy Chu on a deeper level. And we can't seem to figure it out. How about the fact she's wearing pajamas? Why aren't we talking about that? What is this crap? Like, oh, I went to a drink in my face. I didn't bring any extra clothes. You already wear goddamn pajamas. We don't need a second one. What are you going to turn into another onesie? This is stupid, and it shits upon my business. Hi, Gator. How are you? Oh, I'm just fine and dandy. Life's one big world of chocolate sprinkles. That's the rainbows, too, the sprinkles. Uh, sorry, I, I don't I do not do rainbows. I, I, I don't do rainbows, sorry. Are you done? Uh, no, no, Mr. Ginger. You see, I am not done, because none of you can figure out what the hell am I watching on my TV? Uh, okay, I'm done. 
with this many. Take care. Hey, hey, get back here, you all elite quitter. Where'd he go? Go to hell, Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. What? Uh, sorry, uh, you're the one that does the puffing. A uh, gator doesn't puff. Mostly because you don't pass. All right, gator, gator, look. We got we got a main event we need to get to. I got a long day tomorrow. I'm sure Zach does too. So Actually, I don't. I'm off tomorrow. You're off tomorrow? Yeah, I got a bunch of cleaning to do here at the house. Oh, it's a shame. That's I, how this goes. Is this no? All right, we won't invite you to AEW. No. All right, fine. Why well, can't he come to well, AEW? Well. Gator, he doesn't want to be involved with AEW. But look, long story short, I got a long day tomorrow, okay? And I got to get up early because I got a podcast I got to do in the morning. Then I got to fucking haul my ass down. <laughs> Do an errand I gotta run that I don't want to reveal right now because I'm in the process of making something happening. But anyway, we got a long day. We're not in the mood to talk about Wendy Chu. Just go to the basket. But I don't want to go to the basket. Gator, just go to the basket. But can I stay and talk about the main event? No. No, you cannot talk about the main event. Why can't I talk about the main event? It's for the NXT women. NXT, this is mine. Goodbye. Oh, that was easy. Fuck women's wrestling. Gator, Gator, shut up. They belong in the kitchen. Go to the basket. Fuck you. All right. So on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we move on to the main event of the evening for the NXT Women's Championship. Fuck my life. Mandy Rose defends the title against Roxanne Perez. To tell you the truth, I already know who won because I had to be a dumbass and look at Facebook and said, oh, uh, Roxanne Perez. I already know who won the match. Anyways, um, I didn't enjoy this right here. I thought this was a boring-ass fan event. I mean, it was back and forth, back and forth, but with the key thing that Roxanne Perez was probably the first person to ever kick out of the kiss-up road. After that, she hit the top rocks. One, two, three, and the new NXT Women's Champion, Roxanne Perez, which is bullshit. She should not have it right now, but remember, Vinny, what did you say last week at deadline? What did you say at deadline? I said whoever was going to win the Iron Survivor was most likely going to take the belt or should take the belt. And what happened? The winner took the fucking belt. Okay, look, I'm going to say this right now. Obviously, I'm glad that the run of Mandy Rose is over because even though I have grown to respect Mandy Rose since she's returned to NXT because of the progress she has made, the title reign simply got too stale. Way too stale. That was my issue. Normally when Mandy Rose wins, it's because I hate her. I, I'm upset because I hate her fucking guts because for a long time, I she was the centerfold bitch that Sonya Deville said she was and that was what defined. Her. But she came to NXT, reinvented herself, got better in the ring, put on great matches, and has been a breath of fresh air for NXT. But like everything else in life, things get stale. That happens whether it's whether it's food or relationships or wrestling. It can't help but get stale. That's why it's stupid to have people be champions for a year or two years, especially when you don't have a credible roster or you run through everybody that's credible enough to beat you. And as I said before, there are lots of talented women in that locker room that are more than qualified. Zach, let me talk. That are more than qualified to take that belt from Mandy Rose. You heard us say one over and over again. Andy Hartwell was more than ready to be women's champion. She deserved it. She earned it. She's credible. She's badass. She had a story. Something was there. Last legend. An incredible talent. Nikita Lyons. Incredible. Electra Lopez. Incredible. Zoe Stark. I'd have given it to her. She had a great story. Coming back from injury when Toxic Attraction put her on the shelf. 
you had something to work with. And if you didn't have something to work with, you could have easily had gone to Raw or SmackDown, brought one of them bitches down here, and had them take the belts. But no, you give it to Roxanne Perez, the, one of the least deserving women on the roster. She's barely been here for a cup of coffee, and she gets the women's title. Why? Because she's Booker T's fucking student? So Booker T can have another crying moment, and you can build that into some bullshit storyline? Like, is she going to be champion until Booker T finally leaves NXT? Because just remember, Booker T ain't there forever. He is there for one reason and one reason only, and that's because Pat McAfee's doing some Saturday football game day thing, because he got the opportunity to do that during the football season, and even though he was willing to put in the work and juggle both, WWE knew realistically he couldn't, so they let him take a leave of absence to go host the game day thing. But, once the football season ends, he's coming back to SmackDown, which means Way Barrett is going to come back to NXT, which means Booker T is going to fuck off. Because that's why they put Booker T on NXT, because Way Barrett went to SmackDown to fill in for Pat McAfee. They're hoping to have him back by the Royal Rumble. That's the goal, is to have him back before, at least before the Royal Rumble. That's what WWE is hoping for, but it's going to depend on Pat McAfee's timetable. When is he going to be able to come back? But he is coming back. So I don't know if he's going to, if this is going to be a temporary thing until Booker T leaves, then we're going to give the belt to somebody who actually fucking matters. Because this is fucking dumb. Out of all the gifted, talented, credible women in that locker room, you give the belt to Roxanne Perez. This is fucking stupid. The only positive thing I have to say is Mandy ain't champ no more. Which means now hopefully her and the other two toxic attraction members can go to the main roster. That's why I'm really hoping and praying that JC Jane and Gigi Dolan do not leave with the tag titles next week. You either let Chance and Carter hold them or you give it to Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxel. Paxel. Paxson. Whatever the fuck her last name is. Paxel. Thank you. You give it to them. I'll give it to Diamond Mine. I'll, I'll do that. But as long as Toxic Attraction doesn't win the tag belts, call those three bitches up and end it all. Alright. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will officially wrap up this recap of NXT. Zach, as always, I thank you for taking your time out of your busy schedule to join us and I look forward to seeing you on the next one. Absolutely. Hopefully I'm not working. I'm sorry, Vinny. It's almost 1.30 in the morning. But like I said before, it's the holiday. So it's an opportunity to give you overtime. Hey, do what you got to do. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor. Anchor. Spotify. Spotify. Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Be on, make sure you check out our episode of the Mail Soap Opera Moment that has our recap of Survivor Series and be on the lookout for a Mail Soap Opera Moment episode coming in the next few weeks. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at theboochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos visit our youtube channel check out all of our youtube content and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted uh this thursday will be episode two of Boochcast reviews dark side of the 90s the viper room hollywood sanctuary drops this thursday make sure you check out trashy tv um if you haven't already and of course tv for teens will drop next thursday on the youtube channel also make sure you're following us on twitch go to twitch.tv slash the 
podcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, January 28th for the WWE Royal Rumble. It is our first stop on the road to WrestleMania. So make sure you join us and check out the women's and men's Royal Rumble matches to find out who will be main eventing nights one and two of WrestleMania 30. Nine. Also, we got a live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, and another special treat in the works. Also, you can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your bu- budget. We have our first level, which is $0.99, cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock. Anyway, and we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. per month. Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since sold to the Peacock, you got to where to put that $9.99. So $10.99, bring it over here. We got better content than Network, and unlike All Elite Wrestling, we actually care about our fans are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card card or with gpay and the best part is all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity we used to upgrade our equipment we used to bring in bigger name guests pay the bills and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the boochcast a success so if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they're to be paid for their hard work anchor.fm slash the boochcast slash support is how you make that happen and then if there's any money left over when it's all said and done we use the rest to give zachariah scott some ramen noodles and and continue our crusade to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. Talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. Eddie. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. A la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.